Welcome to another episode of Sports and Songs Podcast. We're your hosts, Dan and Andy. Today is October 21st, 2021, Andy. We're in uh, Season 2, Episode 47. How are you doing tonight? I'm doing good. Well, uh, Thursday night episode because of uh, weekend work schedules and travel for us. Thursday so, uh, night episode. Um, so some of the updates, the scores and results will not be in when you hear the show on Saturday or Sunday, depending on how you listen to us. But uh, Thursday night show. Sunday afternoon, I'll be putting a thing up on the Instagram page of uh, the weekend high school football and volleyball scores. For everybody. And there's a lot. You know, we're in the middle of MEA and everything else. Yeah, playoffs are starting soon on both of those and everything else, but we'll get that. I'll get to that anchor or on Instagram and anchor on Sunday. But I, uh, before we get started, sir, do you have a trivia question for us today? I have one. I have one. It relates to hockey. We're, you know, we're in the hockey season. Hockey is here, yes. I, I for one, think it's too early here in October, but uh, I'd like to see the season start December 1st. You know, I'm a kind of old school traditional guy. But it's October 21st, and um, the season started NHL. The trivia question is, which NHL team hosted their very first inaugural regular season home game 55 years ago on this date? Today, on this date, name the NHL team that debuted tonight. 55 we, have years. All the new we have to crack in who started this year in the Vegas Knights a couple of years ago, so lots of new teams coming in. So, yes, yeah, very interesting. That's what I've got for trivia, sir. So uh, what have you got for baseball sports? Well, I'll try not to – I'll be spoiling that in my stuff here as I go. We'll see here. Um, whoops. That's not the right button. You don't want to see that screen. That's wrong. All right. Here we are. There, that's us. Yes. Like I said, all the high school stuff I'll be doing um this weekend on – the Instagram, so we'll have to wait for the stuff there. So we'll get into NHL. The season started this weekend. We'll just go over the standings real quick here before we kind of get into points and players or anything else. Here's the Western Conference standings. Um, I didn't do the whole expanded standings, just wins, losses, and overtimes, games played, points, stuff like that. Um, two points for a win, one for a tie. So you see the standings there. It was Wild in second place in the Western Conference Central. Now, this is different than last year because last year with the whole COVID thing, travel, they went real geographic. Canada was its own conference because you couldn't leave the country. So we're back to what the divisions were two years ago with the addition of Seattle. So Seattle's fifth place, five games. They had their first win and their first tie. So congratulations to the crack in there. Early yet, so don't get too excited. Some of these teams, but this is just to remind you of who's in what division and why. And the names of them, the Metropolitan Division on the east and the Atlantic. Okay. Major League Baseball. Playoffs going on. Game going on tonight. But going into today, Houston's ahead of Boston, 3-2, three, three games to two. And the A Braves are up 3-1 against the Dodgers. Um Looking like the Braves, you know, they keep saying about the Atlanta curse going on right now, how uh, Braves lost it last year, 3-1 lead. Um, the Atlanta Falcons go back to the football one against New England. They hold that over their head, all these other things. I think this Atlanta team has it. They're going to take care of the Dodgers this weekend. It's going to be a Houston-Atlanta World Series, in my opinion. Here's the coaches. I, look, I say that because here's the coaching staff for Atlanta. 
a lot of these are ex-coaches. I see a lot of these guys going to be managers in the next couple of years. Ron Washington was a manager. Um, then he had a little meth cocaine problem there, so he's now a third base coach for Atlanta, but he's doing a great job. Uh, EY Senior at first base, Papa Smurf there for the Braves. Both those guys could go. Walt Weiss, the bench coach, ex-manager. Kevin Seitzer, a former major league player, um, hitting coach. Uh, Krantz, their pitching coach, he's never had any major league experience, but great, great history as a coach. And Snicker, their, head, their manager, you never hear his name. They're going to the World Series, never hear his name. Unlike Bobby Cotts, he doesn't get thrown out twice a week. He shuts up, he sits on the bench and manages. So I like that in a manager. Not that I didn't like Bobby Cox, but I like this guy's quiet. Here's a coaching staff for the Dodgers. There's Mark Pryor, their pitching coach. A little side note on Mark Pryor. That's the same Mark Pryor who was drafted first ahead of Joe Maurer. Same Mark Pryor. Um, but there are a lot of decent coaches there for the Dodgers. I see a lot of them sticking around. Everybody says Dave Roberts could lose his job. I know they won the World Series last year and then the NLCS now, and he might lose his job. It's kind of asking a lot. Uh, Astros uh, coaching staff, I think they'll probably stick around. I don't see a lot of them going. See, the reason I bring this up is, like in football, team wins the Super Bowl, offensive, defensive coordinator, gone for head coaches. You don't see that so much in baseball. That Braves staff, unless they pay them a lot, they might start going places. And here's the Boston staff. Um, again, I think they'll stick together for a couple more years, too, because of all the whole scandal a little while ago. I don't know if you want any of these guys that were associated with it. Australian baseball. Um, there was news coming out. Whoops. News came out the other day. Australian baseball makes a call for the 2021 season, set sights on a bright future. The Australian Baseball League will focus on planning it and making the 2022-2023 season the biggest yet after deciding to abandon the 2021-2022 season due to the ongoing challenges presented by the COVID global pandemic. Now, Australia and New Zealand is where the two teams are, so I'm not being down there a lot. Uh, travel restrictions, a lot of players, not a lot, but enough players from other countries come in down there for off-season travel to play. I just, I'm thinking a lot of these issues have been causing problems. You know, it's going to make a lot of red tape for us. A lead that probably doesn't make a lot of money. Um, you can see that I've got both stories on our Facebook page from that and a statement from their commissioner on it. So there is no Australian Baseball League this year. Uh, they're going to come back full gun next year. I know they have a little association with Major League Baseball, but financially they just couldn't cut the check to get everybody to travel down there. So look for the Mexican leagues and these winter leagues here locally in North America locally that have a lot of players and a lot of stuff from there. Uh, top 10 for NCAA. Like I said, we're going into the weekend before the games here, so we really get these uh, numbers up. But these are updated after last weekend. Here's your top 10 for college football. Georgia 1, Cincinnati 2. Oklahoma 3 and Alabama comes back in at 4. This is all due to the Iowa loss, which you don't even see them in the top 10 anymore. But they did lose to an, uh, another high-ranked team, so it's not, you know, or not high-ranked, they lost to Purdue. If they were lost to a high-ranked team, they'd still be up there. They lost to Purdue for crying out loud. Um, so Ohio State's at five, Michigan, Penn State, a lot of Big Ten, Michigan State. Gophers. Um, here we go for football. Uh, they, they beat Nebraska last week. They got Maryland coming up this weekend at home. 
And there's our standings with Iowa's loss. Iowa, 3-1 conference, we're 2-1. Overall, 6-1 for Iowa, 4-2 for us. Um, it's still the guy was going to win this division to make it for the, you know, a Big Ten champ, but Purdue now 4-2, 2-1 in the conference. Should be kind of fun. Uh, there's a big division record column, though. We're 2-0. Wisconsin's 1-0. We're the only two undefeated in the division. That comes down to as a tiebreaker with conference tying overall. We'll see how that works, but that's what it's Maryland game. They're not in our division, but it's a conference, so I hope we can beat Maryland and be looking good. And here is some more of the Big Ten standings. There you go. Hockey, boom. Michigan, Notre Dame, these are hockey. Um, Gophers third. No points, but uh, four games played, three and one, because no conference games. They've been all all over the place. Uh, Here they go. They uh, got Duluth. Coming up this weekend, then Notre Dame to start the Big Ten season the weekend after, Halloween weekend there. The Gales, go for Gales. Six games played, three and three. So there they are in the standings right there in the WCHA for the women. Bemidji State at seventh. <clears throat> Excuse me, here's the go for Gales schedule. They got Colgate at Colgate this weekend. And then Bemidji State up north to play the Beavs Halloween weekend to start the WCHA season. Uh, some Bison football we'll talk about here real quick. There's the Missouri Valley standings. Bison second at 3-0 in conference, 6-0 overall. Yes, Southern Illinois is listed first because they're 4-0 in conference. Yes, they got a loss, 6-1, but it's still based off conference record. Um, so there's the Bison, 3-0, 6-0 overall, wins all across the board. They got Missouri State coming up. And depending on the poll, they're right the 17th or 18th. The Bison are at third. There's the states right there. Bison third. They didn't get one first place vote. Hey, top four stayed the same. And Villanova, South Dakota State, six. The Beavs. Uh, here they are for football. Okay, the Moorhead game last weekend. I was up there. Uh, they play for an axe. They have a, I think they play for an axe up there. Moorhead was up 19-0 at half. The Beavs came back. Last uh, 30-some seconds ago, get a touchdown, the two-point conversion to go ahead 22-19. Beavs win. Go crazy, go crazy. Uh, then the Beavs will be at Minnesota Duluth, who's ranked 16th. So it could be a tough one. Uh, there you see it in the standings in our North Division. Beavs and Minnesota Duluth tied 3-0. Six and one conference for Duluth, five and two for the Beavs. So this this could be for the division, the North. This game head to head. If Beavers could win, uh, look for some big, big uh, changes in the standings. Then here is uh, the 2022 2021-2022 CCHA standings for hockey. There is the Beavs, four games played, one and three overall. Because they split with the Sioux last weekend. They lost at home, and they went to Grand Forks and won in overtime. There, now they're at RV Northern Michigan. So it should be hopefully a couple wins for the Beavs there. And get back on track. Uh, Gals, again, like I said, this is as we're doing for the Beavs, are seventh there, St. Cloud State eighth. That just kind of makes me feel good. The Gals uh, took it on the chin against Ohio State last weekend. Uh, Ohio State was ranked second in the country, so that's kind of okay, I guess. I could stomach that. A 7-0 and a 3-1 loss. 
And they go to Clarkston. They're host of Clarkston this weekend. So hopefully, again, they can get back on track. NASCAR, our friends in the cars. All right, they got the final eight they're at right now. After these three races, the final four go on, one race for the championship. Well, Kyle Larson won this last weekend, so he's in. He'll be in the final four in, in Atlanta, or I'm sorry, not Atlanta, in Arizona uh, in November. So Blaney, Hamlin, and Kyle Busch would make it at the end of the day. There's the other three right down real close. Chase Elliott, eight points out. Brad Klazowski, 15 out. Uh, MTJ, 22 out. And Joey Logano, big dumb Joey Logano, 43 out. Uh, my picks at the beginning, I have three guys left. I have uh, Chase Elliott, Brad Klazowski, and Kyle Larson are my three I left. I had Eric Amalola. He was out in the first round. So we need Brad and Chase to get up there so I look like a genius. Like I said, here's the last three races coming up. Kyle Larson won last weekend. We got the Hollywood at Kansas, the Hollywood Casino 400 on Sunday, 3 p.m. Eastern, and then the Xfinity 500 on Halloween in Martinsville, which leads us to the championship race November 7th for the championship in Phoenix, Arizona. We covered this a few weeks ago about minor league baseball, how they were so underpaid and everything else. Well, major league baseball teams will provide housing for minor league baseball players starting next year in 2022. Part of the statement from them was, well, MLB has yet to outline its plan for form, plan formally. Six team officials told ESPN that they are starting to prepare to help house players across each of their four minor league affiliates. So I think by four minor league affiliates, they mean a or triple A, double A, high A, and low A. I'm guessing for their four affiliates, what they're meaning. Um, and if the you're saying about rookie ball, well, those guys in rookie ball are just happy to be playing. So I think you got you know, you can't can't house everybody, but uh, we'll see how that goes. In mid September, according to sources, owners from the league's 30 teams agreed on unanimously to plan that would provide housing for minor league players. So that's a good step. You're providing housing. Not paying them. Okay, you can pay them more, make them buy housing. Why? This way, you know they're going to stay there. They're covered. They're providing housing. So if you're getting moved up and down the line, and minors are going to majors, the housing's covered. They're not having to deal with dollars. So I think that's a good idea what they're doing. I'm in favor of it. You get a yay for me on the vote side. That's a former soapbox topic. Now onto some new soapboxes. Uh, there's a gal right here. Let me get my notes on this one here. This one really got me here. Oh, oh, oh boy. There's that one. This is from the Portland Gals soccer team. Um, they had a sponsor uh, that they had issues with. So they put white tape over their jerseys to cover up the sponsor's name. Um, and what it means is it's the Portland Thorns. Players were restored or resorted to taping over their warm-up jerseys to hide the logo of a controversial former team sponsor. From that 2019 to 2020, wellness brand Social Wellness Brand Social CBD sponsored the Oregon-based National Women's Soccer League Club. And as such, the team wore the company's logo across their warm-up jerseys. But now Social CBD is, in, is embroiled in several scandals, and the Portland players have no choice but to cover up the former sponsor's name to avoid any affiliation. Okay, here's what bothers me. 
you got a gift shop upstairs. Let's go buy sweatshirts with your team name on it. You knew you were going to go this, do this. Go to the Nike store and just buy gray shirts with your name on it. So you tape it up. We get it. You don't like them. Unless you're in that area, you don't know who CBD or social CBD is. So you wouldn't tape over it. I have no idea what you're talking about. I don't follow local news up there. Sorry, I'm not aware. I understand you don't want to sponsor them anymore. You don't want anything to do with them anymore. So you put tape on it. That's silly. That's stupid. Oh, wait, you got to have your Nike swoosh still get paid for that. Then go buy some Nike sweatshirts at the store, at the gift shop or something. Do that. Don't have these, don't wear them and then take them off and throw them at center field, like, or the middle of the field, like the basketball players did at center court a few years ago for the Clippers. Just don't wear them. Just get red sweatshirts and wear or something like that. That Doing this, I think, is just stupid and childish and stupid. Now, Andy, is this yeah. just the warm-ups only? Yeah, just their warm-ups. So you could have, like I said, you could have just got a gray sweatshirt and wore a red sweatshirt or something from, with your team name on it from the gift shop. Wow. So that's what, that's what I think kind of about. If it was the regular uniform, I get it. What's your warm-ups? Whatever. Hmm. Now, I got a picture here of my old friend Wally Carbo from AWA Wrestling. Remember, Wally would come out when something goes wrong, and he said there'd be fines and suspensions. Well, now I'm getting into the fines and suspensions part of the show. <laughs> Vander Kane of the San Jose Sharks has been suspended for 21 regular season games for uh, violation of COVID-19 protocol. <laughs> He's going to be suspended uh, for submitting a fake card saying he had vaccinated. He's suspended for 29 games, and he'll forfeit $1.68 million of his salary this season. After investigating and clearly and clearing Evander Kane of betting on NHL games after uh, his wife said he did, last year I think we talked about it, how his wife said he had a gambling problem and was betting on games and everything else. Uh, he'll be suspended for 21 games because of his fake violation or fake vaccinating card. Uh, so he's got forfeit $1.68 million of a $7 million salary for this season. And during the fourth year of a seven-year deal, Kane will not be eligible to play until November 30th, when the Sharks will travel to New Jersey to take on the Devils. Kane's forfeited salary will go to the Players' Emergency Assistance Fund. Uh, this is what he said here. <laughs> These just always kill me. <laughs> I would like to apologize to my teammates, blah, 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 blah. Your agent wrote this. Fill in name and problem here. You know, I'm not saying he's a stupid man, but no, he did not write this. No athletes ever written their own apology. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> Calling you out right there. You didn't write it. And then, of course, the team's no better with theirs. Oh, well, we're so sorry he did this. And oh, we're happy he's taking the classes and blah, blah, blah. So the NHL's playing the game. He did his little statement. The Sharks did their statement. But one thing that came up, is um, the Sharks wanted to get rid of him because it was contract. And uh, the NHL stepped in and said, no, he's already serving a 21-game suspension. You can't release him or drop him from the team. So they tried. Let's see what happens. Who knows? But he faked his vaccination card, a guy who was accused of gambling early on. That's two strikes, pal. And you're supposed to get $7 million this year. You lose 1.68 of it. You're still getting just under five and a half million. 
I would finish the season and I'd just retire and get out of there because you blow your nose wrong. They're going to go up your butt for it. So just get out, take your money and run. <laughs> That's me. I would just we're gonna look at you no matter what you do wrong. You're going to have too big a curve on your stick. You're not going to have your sweater tucked in properly, something. They're going to nail you, nail you for something, not defending them. I'm just saying they're going to watch you for everything. So just take your money and run. Washington State football, WSU, football coach, fired after refusing to take the COVID-19 vaccine. Um, this is from our friends at king5.com in Seattle. Uh, the coach applied for a religious exemption from the COVID-19 vaccine mandate. Washington State University head football coach Mike Rolovich has been fired for not receiving the COVID-19 vaccine by the state's October 18 deadline. The mandate requires that most state employees, healthcare workers, and school employees get vaccinated against COVID-19 by October 18, 2021. Under the state mandate, all those working at state colleges and universities are required to get COVID-19 vaccines. The mandate covers public, charter, and private school teachers and staff. The mandate is currently one of the strictest in the country. Because, well, it is. Um, yeah, he was the highest paid employee in the state with a salary this year of $3.195 million. So uh, also we had four assistant coaches that were fired also. So there was five coaches you just let go because didn't get jabbed. Um, he filed the religious aspect of it or religious exemption. Um, it does not say here if the rest of his staff did also. Um, so we'll see how that plans out as far as, you know, is someone going to sue somebody over this or what, who knows, but. It's middle of the season. It is what it is. It doesn't matter what your job is. If company says you got to hop on one leg for half an hour for work, unless you got some kind of bad condition, you can't hop. You better hop. I get it. I don't approve of it, but I understand where they're coming from. He did file the paperwork. You can't tell me you can't give an extension on this to see what's going on with his religious exemption. Um, is it the school's way of wanting to get rid of him at the end of the year anyway? So they said, fine, we'll just do this and fire you. Don't know. I hope I hope someone picks him up later as a coach elsewhere in a state that's not as, okay, I'll say it, not as liberal as Washington, which means he won't come here because we're just as liberal as they are. But someone will pick him up, I think. He's a decent coach. He may not be a head coach. But him and his staff, I feel kind of bad for him on it. Um, then again, you got a job making $3.1 million a year. I think he'll be okay. I'd, lo I'd love to see him be in the press box or announcing for somebody. I mean, it won't be ESPN because they got their reporters are dropping like flies too because they don't want to get jabbed. But I love to see him go to Fox or some CBS Sports or NBC Sports or something to do with football. That'd be kind of neat. Sticking with our friends at King Five, Gonzaga coach Mark Few fined and given community service after pleading guilty to a DUI. Um, along with that, he has to complete an uh, alcohol and drug information class along with a victim impact class in the next 90 days. Um, it was sentenced on October 15th. Uh, he was ordered to pay a $1,000 fine, complete 24 hours community service by February 1st, 2022, and complete a year of unsupervised probation. Few must also complete an alcohol and drug information class along with a victim impact class in the next 90 days. He must also have uh, one of those ignition locks we blow into it start the ignition interlock system 
installed on his vehicle. The judge also ordered that his license be suspended for 90 days starting October 6th. He will be giving a temporary driving privileges starting November 5th to get back to and from work. He was given a three-game suspension. Now, here's the part that bothers me. His three-game suspension to begin at the start of the Gonzaga basketball season. Few will miss to get the team's two exhibition games against Eastern Oregon on the 31st and Lewis and Clark State on November 5th and the first game of the regular season against Dixie State November 9th. Really? Your two exhibition games and your first one against Little Sister Mary School of the Blind there on that. Really? Have it be the first three conference games. Make it matter if you're going to suspend somebody. Don't suspend them for three practices that you're charging admission to. Few who has guided Gonzaga to the NCAA tournament in each of his 22 seasons as a coach is the winningest active coach by percentage at 834. Under few, the Zags have appeared in the national championship game twice, 2017 and 2021. So great coach. Uh, I think I saw a number. He blew a 0.11. So that's over the limit. He, he admitted it. He was not trying to hide it or say who I am. I shouldn't get a ticket. Uh, $1,000 fine, 24-hour community service. You know the 24-hour community service is going to be the basketball camps they run. So he could tie that into it and get that done. He's not going to be picking up trash on the side of the highway. $1,000 fine, he probably had that in his pocket. So, But that's the joys of making millions of dollars a year. Fine. I'm not saying I'm not getting law and order that tickets should be probated on your income. He, he paid his fines. Anyone else could have a $1,000 fine too, so whatever. The other part I got is the suspension part. It should have been like conference games. Make it games that matter. Concerts coming up in no particular order. Thursday, October 28th at Medina, Ricky Skaggs and the Kentucky Thunder with guests to be announced. The Monkees' farewell tour, or basically Mike Nesmith and Mickey Dolan's farewell tour. Um, they will be in Minneapolis. Ticketmaster has their tickets for them November 7th. Elvis Costello and the Imposters, November 4th at First Avenue. Um, this kind of fits in with Elvis Costello. I like a couple of his songs. I'm not a big fan. Um, if I believe the first time was big on masks and shot vaccinations, so check on that before you buy your tickets. Make sure you bring all your proper documentation. I'd hate to see somebody get down there and have to turn around and go back. Blackhawk playing November 19th at Medina. They are uh, kind of a former big-time country band. They play a lot of stuff locally here. They're at Medina a lot, and uh, I know they're out here in Watertown at uh, the golf course one time for their – Big music festival here. So they're a good band. Go see them. Kind of got big arms, too. He'd beat you up if you don't go. Crown Jewel, Queen Tribute Band, October 29th, six and nine, two shows at the Pioneer Place. Go check them out. They're pretty good. New releases. Got a few new releases coming up here. The replacements. Uh, sorry, Ma, I forgot to take out the trash. Has hit its 40th anniversary reissue. The Replacements, a classic rock debut album. Sorry, Ma, I forgot to take out the trash. Turned 40 in August. This week, the album receives an anniversary reissue treatment with 67 unreleased tracks and a previously unreleased 1981 7th Street Entry concert. 67 tracks? Unreleased tracks, yes. Yeah, so wow. We can do an episode. Of, that could be your album of the week. And that could be an episode. That could be a three-part <laughs> series episode. That's going to say if something around Christmas time, you can figure that in for your That show. is a lot. 
I like that concert from 1981 would have been awesome. Seventh Street Entry. Yeah, that's First Avenue, Seventh Street Entry. Yeah, so local oh, band. You know, that may be worth it in itself. Yeah, that, you know, so might have to look at that. That would be kind of a neat one to get. Christmas is coming up. Also, Lucid, the debut album. Uh, that's uh, Dave Elfson from Megadeth, his band. So they okay. got their new album out. Check that out. Streaming-wise, that's been released. And uh, just want to say that that's kind of where um, that replacement was. Got me interested. I'm kind of – so it's going to be online somewhere. Sit, and 67 tracks. I think two minutes long. Some songs two minutes. Some five minutes. Who knows? Didn't say. 67 tracks. That's that's a box set, I think. That's it's basically a box set. Wow. Yeah. The replacements. I'd forgot about them 40 years ago already. I wow. I was much younger then. Yeah, I was not into the uh replacements. Uh, I was not a big replacements guy when I was eleven. Yeah, no. They weren't high on my list. Oh man. 1881. That's what I got there. So that's that. Um last I Coaches doing naughty things, DUI. Hey, he not making excuses, but you know what? He's not arguing either, so I respect him for that. He's not trying to play the, I coach Gonzaga because this happened in Idaho. And you know what Idaho thinks of Gonzaga? Nothing. So, you know, it'd be like if Mike Zimmer or one of our coaches got arrested in South Dakota. Big deal. You're from Minnesota. You're nothing to me. <laughs> you know. Now, I don't know on there when I say the community service hours – I'm kind of curious to let that be in Washington where he's working or if he's about to Idaho to do it. I'm guessing he'd do it with his camps. If not, he'll have a camp at Idaho at one of the colleges there. Like his name won't bring in a bunch of kids and everybody wins, you know. Um, so good luck for him. The gals with the soccer. I understand their point being upset, but just get a different shirt to wear. With the exception of the few people in, the people in your stands and the, the followers. If I was watching it on TV – or I was out of town watching them. Why do they have tape on their shirts? Who's social CBD? It would mean nothing to me. Well, I actually, believe... it raises more attention to it. Yes, but I think it does. But I would rather don't wear it because your fans, because locally they're going to say, hey, wait, that team, they always wear their sponsor. I remember seeing that in their shirt. I ain't going to the team anymore. Okay, don't wear the shirt at all because we get tape on it. You're still wearing their shirt. Yeah, you taped it up. Well, just take the stupid thing off. That, that, that's me. I would just take it off, go from there. But I, um, I think you hit on a good point earlier. The Nike swoosh is still on there. They should still show the Nike swoosh. So if that had something to do with it, maybe that's why they kept it on, because Nike sponsored it too. You, know, you got three different – it's like NASCAR. You got all the different sponsors on the car. You get X out one company – Keep the others on there. So I think the swoosh might have the, the selling point on it. Mm. And the hockey player, Kane. Just I'm sorry, dude. Just they're gonna look at you for everything you do. Finish the year. Have a nice day. <laughs> you know, just that that that's be under a microscope. Yeah. 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 But the hockey has started. Um, kind of getting into it a little more here now. Uh want to crack in. And the, you know, Vegas getting a lot of attention now. The Wild do okay. I just – and I, this is white guy in the trailer park, Andy, right now. It's hard for me to follow all the European names, so I apologize if I butcher them throughout the year right now. I'm just going to stick with teams. Teams are doing good. I can, I can pronounce those names. 
just get that out of the way ahead of time. Yeah, and that disclaimer right now, I apologize for butchering last names. So there, don't send don't send me hate mail. Just send me corrections. It's pronounced this way if I'm doing it wrong. But I will watch a lot of TV on it to hear how it's pronounced. So work with me on it. But then, uh, like I said, there's no high school stuff in there. We'll do that on Instagram this weekend. Uh, football, college football, lots of big games coming up there. Fun, fun, fun. But uh, speaking of hockey, you had a little trivia question earlier, sir. Trivia question for this week was, which NHL hockey team debuted at home on their home ice 55 years ago today? Get your thinking caps out, folks. Was it a Canadian team or an American team? American team. American team. But the Los Angeles Kings? Nope. It's in the Midwest. Not the Blackhawks. St. Louis Blues? Nope. Was it the Stars? Right here, the Minnesota North Stars. 55 wow. years ago tonight, they debuted at home for a regular inaugural wow. home game at Met Center. And now they're just the Dallas Stars. That is correct. Yes. I'm a, you know, I, I miss the Met with the different colored seats. I always thought that was kind of cool. But then again, it was the 70s, so I don't know how it would go over now. But, you know, I caught a few hockey games at the Met, um, some AWA wrestling at Met Summer. I was a big fan of the Met. And, in fact, I went to and attended the demolition when it collapsed. I was home that day and watched it, and you know what? Hand to God, I cried. It was a touching, a touching. You were there? I went and saw it, yeah. It was, did you uh, get a piece of rubble? No, no, but uh, attended some good concerts there. From what you've been told, they were good concerts. Yes. So I felt bad when they demolished it. I had to go watch it, and uh, which I wore, I wore was, black that day. Those of us locally, that's the parking lot across from All of America. Correct. Where Ikea. Nothing's, ever, nothing's been built there yet. It's still a parking lot. Yeah, the nearest thing is the Ikea location is the closest to where it actually was. But it's parking yes. lot, yes. Yes. Hallowed ground. Well, uh, good concerts there. Now, speaking of music, I've got a album review of the week, Andy. Yes, what do you got? Listening to my Sony Walkman, uh, a little uh, Screaming Trees, Seattle-based. Screaming Trees, Grunge. Their album is called Dust. I'm going to share it up here right now. Here we go. There. Screaming Trees, Dust was the seventh, I repeat, seventh studio album by Screaming Trees, released in 1996. And this album came after the aborted attempt at recording a follow-up with producer Don Fleming, who did The Sweet Oblivion. Now, we've already covered that Sweet Oblivion, very good album by the Screaming Trees, uh, Sweet Oblivion with Don Fleming. They wanted to do a follow-up. Things didn't work out, so they hired producer George Reculius to, to man the controls for what eventually turned out to be the band's last album. This is the last album by Screaming Trees. In contrast to the group's previous recordings that were more influenced by psychedelic rock and punk rock, 
Dust contains music that's equally influenced by folk and blues while still retaining a harder edge sound. Uh, a lot of these songs actually have a uh, Christian Christian themes to it. It's almost like a Christian rock album, but they know they can't market it at that because that wouldn't sell. But uh, there's some uh, biblical connotations here in the lyrics. Very good album. All I Know, the song All I Know, was released as a single from the album and became success on the radio. You probably have heard of that, probably don't know it, but if you heard it, I think many people would, would recognize that one. And the song Dying Days, song Dying Days, number four, song track, track four on the album, actually features the guitar solo by Mike McCready from Pearl Jam and Mother Love Bone. Mike McCready does the, does the guitar solo on Dying Days. Now, uh, Kerrang! magazine selected Dust as the best album of 1996 in their year-end awards. Following the album, the band toured for two years. Nearly. I should, I should disclaim that. Nearly two years. That's a, long, that's a long way to go. Now, who they used, the touring guitarist, was Josh Homme. Uh, remember him? Frontman from Queens of the Stone Age. Oh, okay, yep. yep. And, uh, and Caius. They use him as a touring guitarist. He's pretty good. Uh, the, afterwards, the band went on an extended hiatus. They eventually disbanded officially in the year 2000. This album is considered hard rock. The length is 44 minutes, 14 seconds. Here is the track listings. Song one, Halo of Ashes. Song two, All I Know. That's a popular one that most people will know. Song three, Looking at You. Song four, Dying Days, that has Mike McCready on guitar solo. Song five is Make My Mind. Song six is Sworn and Broken. Song seven is Witness. Eight, Traveler. And number nine, song Dime Western. The final song, biblical twist here, it's called Gospel Plow. Keep on pushing the gospel plow. Personnel for the band. Once again, little known, Screaming Trees, these are not household names at all, but Gary Lee Connor uh, was the uh, acoustic guitar, electric guitar, backing vocals. Van Connor, the brother, was on bass and backing vocals. The drummer and percussion was Barrett Martin. Very good. Lead lead, uh, vocalist, once again, Mark Lanigan. Very good, raspy voice, Mark Lanigan. Always liked him. They've had some good stuff here. This is one of those albums that doesn't, I'm sure it doesn't, didn't sell. I, I, I don't see the stats here. I don't think it was platinum or probably even close, but it was a very good album. It was released June 1996, and they recorded this at Capitol Studios and Sunset Sound Factory. Sunset Sound Factory. You've heard that one before. Yes, yeah, Sunset Sound Factory. So these guys were good. This was a, this was a Pacific Northwest band. Once again, uh, part of that kind of the Seattle sound, kind of grunge, and uh, and right before all those other bands took off was these guys. It was before before Pearl Jam came along. Um, yeah, these guys were around, and uh, before Alice in Chains and everything. This was their seventh album. Many people don't know that. I was thinking of using that as my trivia today. But seventh now, album. Is that what you use for your walk-up music now when you have your baseball tournament this week? Do you use some? Screaming Trees, walk-up music. Play a little uh, Dying Days with Mike McCready 
yes. on, uh, on lead guitar on the solo. Now, I have a friend that attended a, uh, a wedding of another friend, and Mike McCready was at the wedding. This was out in Seattle. He attended the wedding, got to talk to Mike McCready in between the, uh, the, the dinner and, and, the, and the wedding. He was actually theirs. That's cool. Pretty good story. Uh, I will be covering a little bit of the baseball tournaments. The tournaments in Arizona and Florida. In Florida, it's the Roy Hobbs Tournament, Senior Men's Baseball Tournament. is finishing up here this week. They're well underway. There's four teams from the state of Minnesota in that, and two of them are doing very well. The other two are doing average. Next week, it's the 45 and over tournament. There's three teams on that. I'll be down there playing in that tournament and then doing the show, a midweek show from that location. And Arizona, once again, they're doing, I think, four straight weeks of baseball, just like Florida. And these tournaments are held on the practice facilities of the Major League Baseball spring training camps. So a lot of these teams have, uh, you know, a stadium, five or six practice fields. These five or six practice fields, in many cases, are better than what we have up here as far as quality and uh, professional, perfect, perfect professional fields. So it's fun to play on these, those games. Those fields otherwise go unused this time of year. Now, is this where you see Doug Flutie down there? Last year at this time was Doug Flutie in the Batmobile. So hoping to see him. He comes down, I think, every year in this 45-plus baseball tournament. You'll probably see him. Tell him I said hi. You know who else? I'll tell him, Andy. Uh, Dante Bichette is, is down there every year. Oh, yeah? You know, Bo Bichette. Yeah, Dante plays in the, uh, in the senior men's tournament as well. The former Colorado Rocky. You know, nothing against Dante Bouchette, but where he played made his career. If he would have played in San Diego or Milwaukee or New York or Kansas City, nothing. He played in the, the high the, the the high altitude, kind of made his career because afterwards he got traded like, to Milwaukee or something like that and was just a regular guy. But the Rockies were getting a lot of press. He was their big home run hitter at the time, so he was this right guy, right place, right time. Timing, timing. And, and it's fun in this tournament because, you know, not only can the guy still hit, but uh, some of these former major leaguers uh, pitch, you know, uh, so it's fun because they'll get on the mound. Doug Flutie pitches. Yep. Uh, down down in Florida. Uh, Dante uh, Bichette pitches. So some of these guys always you know, play different positions. It's, it's, it's fun, but they're still competitive guys. Now, Corey Kosky, when he played this year in the state tournament, he still plays third then, or does he play first, or DH? What does he do? He's mainly DH in the, in yeah, the town, town ball, but he'd be another guy that would be very successful to go and play in some of these uh, tournaments once, once they turn over. They don't get many major leaguers, but uh, the ones that do it love it and have, have a blast. Yeah. Settles that itch I got, I guess they got for competitiveness. You know? Yeah, it's a, it's a fun, it's good camaraderie, but uh, it, it's fun. Yeah, we leave tomorrow, got a one-week tournament. You're guaranteed six games on those fields, so it, it's a fun time. Don't forget um, uh, show meeting here on air. Don't forget save your receipts to give to Annette and accounting to get reimbursed on your trip. Be reimbursing with her and also or give it to the the accounting the uh, or even the intern. Yeah, give it the intern here in Annette the, here in the studios. Be, yes, so you should get reimbursed here for that. Right. All right, that sounds good. I've got nothing more for that. We'll we'll have some fun in the midweek uh, episode. Yeah. Also, your page two. Remember the fans to follow that as well. Next week, I did say this in the concerts, but next week, April or October 29th, Jackpot Junction, I will be at Hairball. So yes, provide updates. You're down by uh, Sleepy Eye, right? Sleepy Eye, we'll be on the, yes, staying some friends' houses down there. Um, so don't worry about my travels. Thank you for 
thinking of me on that. No. We got an early Friday crash. No photos. Yes. I'll try to take some photos before. Maybe not so much during and after, but before I'll get some pictures. Nice. All right. Sounds Maybe good. Happy the wife will be there. I can say hi to her. Awesome. Exactly. All right. Sounds good. See you next week. See ya.